0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. What's up, Warriors fans? Brady Clopper here with Golden State of Mind. The Warriors just finished off a back-to-back. After a very disappointing Sunday night loss to the Sacramento Kings, a loss that pushed them to 0-7 on the year, on the road, Uh, they bounced back one night later, playing the San Antonio Spurs at home, and far and away the team's best performance of the year. Obviously, you know, things were in their favor, playing a not good team, being at home, Um, but really, for the first time all year, the Warriors looked like a team that you would watch and think should be championship contenders, if not favorites. Um, This game was a bunch of fun, which, truthfully, that's one of the first times we can say that this year as well. They've had fun quarters um, here and there. Obviously, opening night was fun, getting the rings and everything, but just in terms of performance... This was far and away the most fun Warriors game of the year. It was just, it was solid all the way through. And I think a lot of us were worried. They jumped out to a a hot start. They led by seven points at the end of the first quarter. And, you know, I think we probably all had visions if, for those of you who watched Sunday's game against the Kings, when the Warriors were dominant in the first quarter and then just absolutely fell apart in in the second quarter. And... I thought the writing might be on the wall for that to happen. Not that they would fall apart as dramatically as they did against Sacramento. You know, I, I didn't think they were going to lose the game. But the writing was on the wall for them to struggle to hold leads because obviously we know that the bench unit has been very bad this year. Um, you know, there's no there's no sugarcoating that one. It's been a bad bench unit is what it is. Um, and that bench unit took a hit for this game because – Second half of a back-to-back. Warriors are resting Clay Thompson on those um for the indefinite future. Wouldn't be surprised if they do that all year long. Um, but with with Clay stepping out of the lineup, that pushes Jordan Poole, who is, you know, far and away the team's best bench player, into the starting lineup, and and suddenly your bench unit is that much more compromised. Steve Kerr combated that a little bit this game. He he really kind of still kept Jordan Poole in with a lot of those second units Um, which with the way Jordan's been playing he's been struggling so much you know that maybe isn't the best move to try to win games but but I definitely like the move in terms of trying to get rhythm for that second unit and ultimately the second unit was great they were great all game long really Um, yeah the only time the second unit didn't look Outstanding was once garbage time began in the in the fourth quarter, uh, and the Warriors won the fourth quarter for that matter. Um, they won each quarter in this game handily. Uh, I'm not really going to discuss any narrative arc of this game because there really wasn't any narrative arc. The Warriors took a big lead and um, early, and, and that was it, truthfully. There wasn't really a lot of resistance from Sacramento. There weren't really times where that lead was in doubt and things went back and forth. The Warriors jumped out to a big lead and... Coasted to victory. Um, to ev- as evidence of that, they won the first quarter by seven points. They won the second quarter by nine points. They won the third quarter by fifteen points. They won the fourth quarter by six points. Um, there was no letting up. There was n- there was no point after, you know, the first six or eight minutes when this game was close. It was just a a thorough beatdown from start to finish, which was great to see. Um, so with no real arc to talk about, let's kind of just talk a little bit about some of the performances, some of the trends that emerged. Um, see what happened there. Um, first off, great three point shooting night. The Warriors shot 51.1% from deep, 23 of 45. You shoot 23 for 45 from three point range, you're going to win most games. As a team, they had a 50, 40, 90 game, a 50-50 90 game for that matter. 54% from the field, 51.1 from three-point range, 93.8 from the free throw line. Funnily enough, Jordan Poole was the only player who missed a free throw for the Warriors. Um, yeah, he and uh, he hasn't been quite replicating his outs, outrageous free throw performance a year ago. Uh, that led to that fun back-and-forth banter with Steph Curry over, you know, who should be shooting technical free throws and whatnot. Um, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Poole was excellent, absolutely excellent in this game. Um, you know, he has a little bit of a challenge facing him, and I think Steve Kerr and all of the Warriors players, for that matter, have a challenge facing them with regards to pool to to really get him back on track. You know, last year was really his breakout season. Um, And, you know, I mean, you could even, if you want, you can go back to to the last few months of the 2020-21 season where his breakout kind of started. And that was when, um, you know, the team was struggling with Kelly Oubre Jr., started to move Kelly Oubre Jr. to the, Bench and started plugging Jordan Poole not much into the starting lineup. He only started seven games that year, but um, he started taking on a much bigger role, a a role with the starters a little bit more, and it started to show off. And then last year, of course, with with Clay Thompson being out until January and and Jordan having earned a a starting role, he really was excellent in – in that time and and he did carry it through to the end of the season even when he was benched in favor of Clay. But I think that starting role helped him. And you know, so far this year, he's just looked like a a different player when he's been in the starting lineup. Um you know he has he's had three games now In the first game, he started against the Pistons. That was the game that the Warriors inexcusably lost to Detroit, but he was kind of the lone bright spot in that game. He had 30 points on 10-for-21 shooting. Um, Then he started against the Pelicans, not nearly as good. um, 20 points on only 5-for-18 shooting, but had 9 assists. Still looked a lot more comfortable, was just missing shots. And then tonight was just dynamic all around. 13-for-20 shooting, 5-for-10 from deep, 5-for-6 free throws. Didn't turn the ball over, which is huge for him because he's been a turnover machine this year. An absolute turnover machine. Um, only had three games this year going into tonight where he had two or fewer turnovers. He's had five once, he five twice, excuse me. He's had four, four different times, three, four different times. Uh, turnover machine, but didn't have any in this game. And again, 13 for 20 shooting, five for 10 from deep. 36 points. That was a game high game high plus minus of plus 33 nearly double anyone who else who was on the starting lineup he was absolutely phenomenal um and and doing everything that that he's capable of doing which was the fun thing because you know earlier in his career when jp would get it going sometimes sometimes there was that era of unsustainability where he started to get into those habits of maybe taking shots that were too hard and was still making them he was just on fire or you know he had the games where he would catch fire from three-point range and he was just letting it fly from deep and making them all but it was still kind of just dominance in a one-dimensional way Um, and last year was when he really started to develop into a player who could score really in all phases of the game and we saw that in this one he scored from outside he scored Driving, he scored cutting, he scored in transition, he scored on ball, he scored off ball. Um one thing that Steve Kerr did that I think was a very, very smart move to help get Jordan going was he he paired him a fair amount of times with Draymond Green and let him be a mini Steph Curry. They ran so many of the same actions. Um and you know, Steph Curry is so brilliant, and we do take him for ground, um, but Draymond Green does so much to help open up Steph Curry's offensive game, and Steve Kerr has designed such a smart offense to maximize what Curry does, and none of that is to take away from the brilliance that Curry does. He's been the best player in the NBA this year, in my opinion. Um, Luka Doncic is the only human in the world who can argue with that. Um, But he's not alone in his brilliance. You know, Draymond and and Kerr's system play a role in, in Steph doing as well as he does. And Jordan Poole is not Steph Curry. He never will be Steph Curry. But he is so good... And he is so good at so many of the things that Steph Curry is also good at. That when they start running those same actions that they're running with Curry for pool, it's still a really good offense. It's a really, really good offense. Um, And I think the hope here is that somebody, a J. Michael Green, a Jonathan Kaminga, can take on that Draymondian role with Poole so that they can have, you know, a mini version of the Dre and Steph pairing without having to include Dre or Steph in it. Um and, and, you know, hopefully we'll get there, but but for now, I think having some of that time with Draymond Green on the court and having some of those actions run for him really helped Jordan get on track and excel. And he was just, he he had the Spurs defense on a string all night long. Um, 14 point first quarter. Solid all the way throughout. Just a, a dynamic, dynamic performance from him that allowed a player like Curry to, I don't want to say take a night off, but not have to overexert himself. Steph has been having to play his ass off just for the Warriors to look competent. Um, And Steph got to kind of take a breather in this game. He only played 27 minutes. No Warrior played more than 30 minutes, which is great. Steph played 27 minutes. He only took 11 shots. He was highly efficient, 16 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, just one turnover. Really good game from Steph, but um, it was kind of the first time all season that he's been able to take his foot off the gas a little bit, let the team try to score without him, and watch that work. Uh, it was the first time all year that he hasn't led the team in scoring, which is wild that you know, it took them 13 games to get to that point. Um, that's That's pretty crazy. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. So hopefully, you know, this version of Jordan Poole is is emerging again. I, I have full confidence that the player who has struggled for this first month of the season is, is not going to be the player we see for the rest of the year. He's just too talented and he's too young. You know, you, you don't expect a player to regress at, at this point. And it's not like teams have adjusted and are throwing defensive schemes at him that he suddenly doesn't know what to do with it. It's just he's been cold. It is what it is. Um, But the rest of the bench, or I shouldn't say the rest of the bench since he wasn't technically the bench, um, the actual bench came in and was dynamic. Uh, And that's something you love to see. Jonathan Kaminga, easily his best game of the year. He was smart. He was making the right reads. He was not forcing action on offense like he's done so many times this year. It helps when you make shots, of course, and he shot 5-7 or from the field, 3-4 for on threes finished with 15 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists. was working really hard on defense and on the glass even if, you know, he doesn't have the stats to fill up those columns. Just really good performance from him. Anthony Lamb, sensational. Uh I don't know where this is coming from or how long it will last, but <laughs> He had 17 points on seven shots, six for seven shooting, five for six threes, four rebounds, four assists, made some great passes, made every, almost every shot he took, was one of the first players off the bench, and just uh, things worked when he was on the court. He was second on the team in plus-minus. Warriors outscored the Spurs 20, by 26 points in his 24 minutes. I have no idea what's going on there. No clue. <laughs> but it was awesome. Um, Moses Moody also had a good game. And, you know, I'm, I'm still a little unsure as to why Moses Moody has been in Steve Kerr's doghouse. But um, this game maybe will help him get out of it. Not the most efficient game he's had. 11 points on four for nine shooting. But he just looked comfortable out there. He had five assists was great to see. He was really just helping the offense get going. He was attacking a little bit more, which is great because I think he falls a little bit too into the three and D role sometimes. And, and I think he, he was able to assert himself a little bit more in this one, um, which is good. J. Michael Green got back into the rotation, which was good. And I thought he played really well. And I've, I've said this 5 million times on podcasts and in articles. And so I'm sorry for, Beating a dead horse here, but J. Michael Green does not look good when you play him in bad rotations, and J. Michael Green looks excellent when you play him in good rotations. Some players are like that. Um, Some players are like that. I, yeah, I get it. I think I was one of those players when I played. Not that I ever looked particularly good, but I was that same, you know, I I didn't have the skill set to help a struggling unit not struggle. But I think if you have the right skill set, if you understand the system that you're playing in and and the people you're playing with and um, are willing to do some of the dirty things, then if you put the right people around you who are playing the right way, then you're going to shine. And that's what happened with J. Michael Green. Um, Plus 18 in his 16 minutes, nine points, five rebounds, continues to just be a menace on the glass. Bought two shots, really good defense, took a very awkward fall um, where he closed out on a three-point shot and got caught up in the air and then, you know, got, got his legs taken out from under him while he was in the air and just, you know, ended up being suplexed, essentially. Um, suplexed, but without a person throwing him down, but just, you know, got caught up in the air, flipped, and landed on his back. Um, he, he was down for a while but did get off and walk off in his own power, but he went straight to the locker room. So hopefully he's okay. We'll obviously keep you updated on that. Make sure you check out goldenstateofmind.com for the latest updates there. Um, Dante DiVincenzo was, was good. He really helped Jordan Poole as he, as he did in the last game as well, but he also got ejected after um, only nine minutes of action due to a flagrant two-foul a little bit of a tough one for DiVincenzo. Like you, you could understand what was happening. I don't think there was any malicious intent, but it was pretty clearly a flagrant two foul. Um, you know, it was a transition, he was trying to block a shot, he didn't he made a good play on the ball with his left hand, and then as he was spinning around to try to, you know, follow through on it, his right hand just clubbed the Spurs player on the face. Pretty easy call, honestly. Certainly no no ill intent. From DiVincenzo, but with the way they call those now, that's just, that's how it goes. So tough for him. Would have loved to see him get a little bit more run, um, but he did look good in the time that he was out there. James Wiseman and Ryan Rollins were the two players who were not in the rotation, but were active. So they got in and played the bulk of the fourth quarter. Um, Rollins did some really good things, I thought. He looked a lot more comfortable in this game than he has in his few previous uh, appearances. Wiseman, a bit of an odd game. He, he, you know, he just doesn't look very comfortable right now scoring. Um, he doesn't seem like he knows what he's supposed to do or what he wants to do. Not setting a lot of screens, not setting screens with much authority. I don't know if the game's moving a little too fast or if he's second-guessing himself or whatnot. But, you know, he kind of spent the bulk of of his action here trying to post up. Trying to get some kind of isolation opportunities, and and that's just not the way the Warriors play. And it's not anything about James Wiseman or, or a lack of belief in his skill set. They don't they don't play that way. Maybe if they somehow found themselves with Joel Embiid on the team, they would. But they're not a they're not a team that's going to throw an entry pass into the block and let a big man go to work. It's just it's not in their DNA. Um, And Wiseman needs to, frankly, figure out how to be functional in a read and react offense as opposed to in an old school put your butt on the block, call for the ball offense. Um, And so he was pretty ineffective as a scorer, two points, one for three shooting, forced one of the shots he did have. he did have one absolutely exceptional pass um, on a highlight dunk by Moses Moody. Um, so that was that was really good to see, good to see that court awareness by Wiseman. Those are the kind of things that will make him be able to stick on the Warriors roster. Um, but he's at, a, he's at a tenuous place right now. Steve Kerr announced uh, as soon as the game ended that he's headed to the G League for an assignment and that he will likely stay there for a pretty long time. Pretty long is very subjective, and it sounds like, Steve Kerr meant like one to maybe two weeks, not like, you know, months here. But I'm guessing that the play is, you know, will determine that a little bit. But, you know, he doesn't really have a spot in the roster right now, especially with how he's playing. Um, Or he doesn't have a spot in the rotation, rather, with the way he's playing. And the Warriors need to see what they have in him. You know, he's still so inexperienced. He's played 50 career games. He's played one G League game. He's played three college games. He is so raw still. But with the Warriors trying to balance this two-timeline, pardon me for not buying it, but this two-timeline nonsense, and with the fact that Wiseman has a number two pick already in his third year, the finances get ugly there. Um You know, he's owed $12 million next year on the option that the Warriors picked up, more than $12 million, which, you know, when we're talking about the Warriors trying to find the room to afford to keep Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, and Jordan Poole, one way that would help them try to keep all those five, because it sure doesn't seem like they can keep all five, that equation might change if they get rid of James Wiseman and don't fill in that salary spot. Um. With the way the Warriors are currently taxed right now, twelve million dollars is well in excess of a hundred million dollars out of their pockets. It that's you know that's where they are. If if they decide that it's time to move on and they trade him for an expiring contract that's going to come off the books, then or they trade him into a team that has cap space for just uh much more affordable player, you're, you're looking at shaving $100 million off of next year's books. And that could be a key to keeping the core together. So I'm, I'm not saying that that's what the Warriors will do. I'm not saying that that's what they should do. But at this point where he's not helping them win games right now and they're not sure when he will help them win games or if he will help them win games, I think it is imperative that they get him in Sac- in Santa Cruz and not only give him a chance to prove that he can contribute this season, but give themselves a chance to see what they have in him, uh, so they know whether to continue down this road or whether to start to look at alternate options. Either way, the Dubs won one thirty-two to ninety-five. They are back in the win column. They are five and eight, not where they wanted to be. Certainly, um, I'm sorry. They are six and eight. They've Played 14 games. This box score I'm looking at. I hadn't updated their their uh, record yet. They're 6-8. and eight. They play again on Wednesday against the Phoenix Suns. That will be their eighth attempt to win a game on the road this year. Remember, their first road game of the year was against the Suns, and they got their asses kicked. That was the game where Clay Thompson had the first ejection of his career. Devin Booker and him getting into it. So the Warriors will go for revenge Wednesday, 7 p.m. Pacific time. We'll see if they can get another win streak going. But for now, fun game. Read more about it at goldenstateofmind.com. Thank you for listening, everybody.